Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Mino Lime Media presents Business First. Hi, all, and welcome to a new edition of Business First with Sonia Aline. I am your host, and today we're talking beauty and the business of healthcare. And our guest today is a woman who not only has the talent and the skills to be able to do great hair, styling, and taking care of it, but she's also a business owner and she has launched a product line. Her name is Ann Turner and her business is Hair Du Jour Salon in Philly. Welcome, Ann. How are you? Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for being here. Um, you know, the hair care business is an interesting one because there are a lot of people who either rightly so feel they have talent in terms of doing great hair or are really gifted in, you know, they've done it, you know, for family members or they've done it for friends. What was your journey in recognizing like, you know, what, I do this really well and I think I could start a business. Yeah. So I used to do all the family, my family uh, growing up. I used to grease everybody's scalp. I was a young lady you know, plaiting everybody's hair. Um, and then I just realized that everybody would look good and they felt happy after I did it. And I said, hey, I could do this. You know, it wasn't hard work for me as a child doing touching people's hair. So, yeah. And how old were you when you were doing that? <laughs> About seven or eight playing. Wow. Hair. Yeah, everybody said, get in and roll your hair up. <laughs> yeah. So through high school, what were your interests in college? What was your interest if you went to college? Like, what were your interests? Then I go to college. I took my SATs, but I got pregnant, you know, very young, got married very young. But I was doing a lot of people's hair when I was in high school. And I was the one that's wore the crazy hairstyles, the blue, the pink. And that's how I built my clientele. Like, people would see some of the odd looks that I would do. And they said, yeah, you did that? I was like, yeah, girl, I did that. <laughs> So that's what started the journey. And then as I graduated high school, I went straight to cosmetology. Wow. Okay. And so what what were your thoughts around that? Like, am I going to just, you know, I'm going to get a job in a salon. I'm going to work with a stylist. Like, what were you thinking when you went to cosmetology school? One good thing I can say um, when I was in high school, I went to William Penn High and they were really good when it came to partnering you up with the right counselor. And they gave me different... um, choices and and they realized that I love art and I love fashion and my counselor said you could do really well financially in the hair business I was like I like money so (laughs) that's what made me decide it was either try to be a writer and he said and that's a starving craft but I look at you I think you could be a phenomenal hairstylist and you can make from very little to as much as you want and that that's what really piqued my interest that it wasn't no cap um to be a hairstylist well, you were fortunate because I, I've heard so many stories of counselors kind of misguiding the students or directing them in places where, uh, you know, they didn't think that they could do well. And so that was great that you had a counselor that recognized right. your talent and pushed you in that direction. Yeah, they they pretty much was like, you say more uh, trade-ish. Because I really didn't, I wasn't a fan of school, but I was a straight A student and valedictorian in cosmetology. So I'll say to anybody, do what you love and you'll excel in it. 
And so what was your first job out of school, out of cosmetology school? So I was a shampoo assistant. Um, and how can I say, I started working at different salons and I realized that I like to be in a professional setting because I have really great cosmetology teachers. And so they taught, taught me the value of the beauty industry and not treat it like a hustle. So they demanded that we didn't do hair in the house. <laughs> so immediately after I graduated, I went to took my state boards and then I started working in JCPenney's in Center City. Um, so I had different experiences working in a neighborhood and working downtown. And each clientele is completely different uh, because you're catering to a different audience. And I learned how to mix both, like still be professional, like Center City, but still be very homegrown, like the neighborhood. Right. That That's interesting because it, I guess it could have been really easy for you to set up in your home and then just stay there, huh? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so what were some of the things that you learned as you were working in, at JCPenney and working at some of these other salons that made you feel like, you know what, I, I think I can do this and I can I can set up shop on my own. So it's so funny because I still remember the manager at JCPenney's. That's how tough she was. Her name was Lisa Mancini. <laughs> and I say that to say she was really big on education and taking training and, and, and really developing a stylist. And for me, JCPenney's was more like, how do you hone your skills? Because we had to do a haircut in 15, 20 minutes. And a lot of the clients we would have came on at lunch break. So it taught me how to develop my skill set at a very fast pace. Um, the difference in a neighborhood salon, I would say I had to really deal with the gossip. I think we didn't have enough structure. So for me, it was like, okay, I didn't have that environment downtown. Not to say we didn't have our issues where mm -hmm. take some of your products or take some of your utensils because it was about 35 of us um, working downtown. So I think that was the difference, um, just being in different environments and learning how to adjust. So what would you say is a unique characteristic of the salon that you now run or the salon that you've developed? Right. Like, and I'm, cause I'm sure it's changed. How long have you owned your salon? Um, so I've been self-employed for 30 years. I've had the salon for 15 and then I had to rebrand for five. Um, so that's pretty much the history, you know, marriage, divorce, and then transitioning and putting everything in my name legally. So um, yeah, that's been about almost six years. Um, and then I'm like a staple in a community. So I would say I love working with the kids. I love fashion. Um, and I love the seniors. So it's like I'm a community activist slash the businesswoman. So I'm trying to be more of a business after COVID. So <laughs> definitely you would learn a little bit more about that. But I would have to say I really value family and friends and the community. And that's why I'm still in business. It's not this about the money. It's really about relationships. All right. What do you think is your your strength or your strong points in terms of being able to rebound? Because, uh, you know, if you, if you live long enough, you are going to have to deal with some sort of crisis or some sort of transition in your life. And so what is it that you think you've either learned or, or what was it that you had internally that actually helped you move through um the divorce, the rebooting, the rebranding, all of those things to, to be the amazing salon that you are today. Oh, thank you. I would say prayer. I, you know, I pray and I ask God for direction. And there are times when you can go through depression and depression doesn't look like crying every day. Depression, mm -hmm. like, I don't feel like it. And then your attitude is bad. Like that could be a part of depression. And I didn't know that. I'm like, I got a chip on my shoulder. So I really had to go to God and ask him to help me to release all of 
the toxic behavior that I was exuding and then um, really making sure that I'm around positive people. I would say like Devin and, and just so many different leaders that I've came across. I don't do stinking thinking. And so I read a lot of self-motivated books as well as worship. And then I listen to a lot of pastors. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what helped me get through my divorce. You know, I'm actually over my son's house because he helps me with my computer stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I thank God, like my daughter is is my best friend. Um, you know, we're really close. Like, I thank God. I just have a good circle. I could truly say anybody that's toxic. Um, I still love them, but I keep them at a distance. I don't have people in my front seat. That's what I call it. I, I, everybody can be on the bus, but you're just not going to be in the front. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> not going to be in the front seat. And you don't do, what'd you say? You don't do stinking thinking? <laughs> I love that. Um, so when you did this rebrand over the last, you said the last six years, last five years, and now in the middle of that, we've got COVID, right? And we're still working through that. How are you re regrouping, rebranding, pivoting is the word that we've been using right. the last two right. years. How have you been doing that over the last two years? And then in the midst of, of, of COVID, having to do it again? So I would say I took a lot of educational classes and training. I worked with so many different organizations and I can list them if you would like me to. But that really helped me strengthen my confidence as a businesswoman. So that's really what helped me going through a lot of business training, business development, um, learning more about the infrastructure of my business, learning more to think like a businesswoman and not an activist and learning how to make a hard decision, to raise my prices because you've got to know your worth. And then also training the right team, which after COVID, some of my team members left. So I'm now rebranding and really looking for a new stylist. Um, but a lot of times it's just your mental. It would have to say like during COVID, I reached out to all the business relationships that I had and I explained to them that a lot of businesses are not going to bounce back because they never had all the resources that I had. And so that really helped me galvanize with a lot of barbers and stylists and make sure that all the leaders were at the table fighting for our small businesses. And so that was my main focus because I knew my clients love me enough that if I go outside and, and say, hey, I'm doing a $20 hair service, I know I can rebuild my business because I've done it, right? But I think with COVID, a lot of business owners don't know how to openly go out and recruit. And then they don't know how to talk to certain leaders that are college educated that sometimes can be condescending and still get the results that they need. So um, I think that's what helped me. That's what's made the difference. I can be very friendly, but then I could be very forceful. <laughs> And so, and, and what were some of those resources that you felt were really helpful yeah. in terms of keeping you, I don't want to say afloat, but you right. know, keeping you viable? Yeah, I would definitely say keeping me afloat because the grants really helped in the beginning. Um, I, re I reached out to the city. Um, they gave us a very small grant in the very beginning. But again, I was never closed. I was always, if I don't work, I don't eat. So every day, um, you make a dollar every day in the hair industry. And I think people didn't understand that. I had a savings. You know, I thank God that I was able to regroup. But again, I had a household of mortgage by myself, a car note, electric gas, you know, insurance for both businesses, all the overhead at the salon. So that's a lot of pressure for one person. And, the, and I still have to make sure that my children are okay. You know, so for me as a mother, you always want to make sure you have that buffer. So to, to your point, I had, um, I reached out to the African-American Chamber of Commerce. 
I reached out to PIDC, the Urban League, um, the Women's Business Center. I graduated from there. I reached out to Power Up Your Business. I reached out to some of the CDFIs, Mr. Dan. You know, I built that relationship with the senators, Congressman Evans, Senator Hughes, Morgan Cephas, the state, bro. Like, you name it. I had all of these black wow. people on my phone, and I was like, y'all need to help us. <laughs> so you reached out to everyone in the community because I think a lot of folks – um, and I'm, I'm thinking about personal situations. Yeah, you know, you worked up, you reached out to one or two people and were maybe frustrated with, right. you know, not hearing back or not getting the response you needed. And then just fell into, as you mentioned, just fell into this depression or right. fell into this feeling of hopelessness. But right. you really reached out to everyone in the community <laughs> or everyone that you thought could have some sort of impact and it worked. Yeah, I thank God it did. It really did. And I think they understood the cry because I've never asked for government assistance, never had contracts with the city or state, never opened up. Everybody that I know always, for those that I know, we opened our businesses with our blood, sweat and tears. We didn't take out a loan. It was like your savings, your sweat, you're staying open. 12 hours a day to recoup and rebuild, you know, build your business. So for me, it was like, I heard about a lot of the daycares and restaurants receiving funding, but we kept getting denied. I'm like, yo, we are in business too. And even though we're not a multi-million dollar business, we never had that support system. And now we're starting to build those relationships and build that support team. But I think that our businesses was needed because when you see people on Zoom and they're here look the best, <laughs> They was like, oh, yeah, we need to get y'all back open. <laughs> That's right, because you could only see from the neck up. So hair, makeup, jewelry, like those were the people that we needed. Those are the professionals that we needed because that's how we were showing up every day during during right. the, the, the right. pandemic. Well, I'm sure the community has appreciated your efforts, too. And have you heard from people in terms of understanding the importance of community networking and being connected to certain people? Because, you know, when things, when times are doing okay, you know, people, we tend to be siloed right. and it's in terms, you know, it's in times of, of crisis when, you know, it's great when you know who to reach out to. Right. And so the community was fortunate enough to have you because you knew exactly who to call. Have, have you heard from Folks in the community who have said, like, I understand how this works a little better or I feel good about what you've done because I see how important it is. Yes. Mm -hmm. The business owners? The business owners. Yes. So I was actually on a call. I think I talked to about seven barbers this morning and five stylists. And they said, and we appreciate your advocacy, but more importantly, they've been able to get more resources in different ways like film and TV, things that they never thought of. Um, but working with the group, it allowed them to have other open opportunities. So I would say, yes, absolutely. Like one of my friends go in and out of the country now, and one is doing major stuff with Pico. So it was those things that we've always been on the tip, but we never knew how to knock down the door. And I think with all of us working together, it gives us that confidence. Like we support each other's shows and classes and seminars, and we're more connected now. So and it's not just the black community, it's also the Hispanic community. So I can share with you one of the most recent experience. A young lady came in that's a salon owner from New York. And she said, I saw your website and they said that you can help me. And I'm like, I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> but my girlfriend, who's one of the team leads, does. And she was explaining to her the process that she's going to need to do to change her license over from New York to Philadelphia. 
But I'm just thankful that we had the platform that she knew where to go and not around, you know. So she hugged me and she started crying. She was like, I want to thank you. And I was like, oh, thank you, God, that, you know, we're able to give the right information and not spin people around. Right. That that's amazing. Because I think in a business like when you think of barbering or hair salons, um, you think that it can be really competitive, right? Yeah. Um, and so the fact that you all were able to come together and support yeah. one another right. is is really incredible and, and really an example for, for people all over the country yeah. to want to follow. Yeah. So that- I do say to the team, we gotta put our pride to the side. You know, this is what our ancestors have done. They were able to create wealth in the beauty industry because they didn't feel like a one man band. So you do have to reiterate that because we are taught to be competitive. Even when you do the competitions and hair shows, somebody got to be number one. And <laughs> that arrogance kick in. And it's like, how do you deflate that arrogance and get the job done? So sometimes we do have to have those mother talks and daddy talks. <laughs> To, to put that ego to the side and say, let's get the job done. Yeah. <laughs> that's It's great. It's a great example of how community right. and community businesses um, can work can work together. Uh, so you do styling, obviously, uh, but you, you're also really passionate or, or you have a strong interest in making sure that the hair is taken care of. Yeah. So um, from what I can see and what I can tell is you have a, a heavy emphasis on hair care. Yes. Yes. So I think uh, prior to COVID, I was working and developing my product line and I graduated from Power Up Your Business, which is community college. And because of that experience, I know about staffing, but I always was been creative, like I wouldn't say a chemist, but knowing what products to use for black women. Right. So over my years of experience, I would use this ingredient, that ingredient. So I took two years to research and I created my all natural product. And then I expanded the line with the moisturizer, shampoo and conditioner. But I put it on hold because of COVID, because mm-hmm. I've realized that our businesses needed to have somebody advocating for them. And so now I'm able to brand the product. I'm actually going to be in different locations. So I'm super excited. And I, will, I say this to say most of the time people just do hair, but you really have to educate your clients. You really have to study your craft. You really have to take advanced classes and training. Not just, and I think for so long, we would do like the fluffy stuff, like the wigs, the weaves, the, you know, a big fly hair color, but that's not really hair care. Like how did you grow somebody from short length to long hair without a chemical and it's all healthy, you know? And those are the things that it's it's a dying trade because we just slap on wigs and weave and I wear them, you know, but underneath you should have a healthy head of hair. And so it should be an option, not a permanent choice. And I think that's the part that I try to educate people on when it comes to the beauty industry and my hair care system. We don't hear that voice as often. Do you think it's because of, you know, and I hear folks in other industries like, you know, the makeup industry feel like social media is all about like, you know, this is how you look fabulous. Right. And so we're not really focused on either the process or as you said, the care. And do you think that that's part of the the challenge that we're in this like instant looking fabulous kind of society i think we've gotten really into fake glam and even with all the filters it's like society deems us not good enough you know and we've allowed it so i I think the stylists became a little content with just doing basic styles and not being as innovative and creative and youtube (laughs) i hate to say it with a lot of unlicensed people they've been able to dominate the market with whatever products or whatever techniques that they use 
and they were able to get more of a buzz even though they wasn't professional. And so the end and result is poor hair care because that's why these people are, that's their alternative is fake hair because underneath their hair is extremely damaged. So, and I'm not saying that to be facetious, but just experience when glue was out, it's a fungus that's made inside the glue. So why would I use this on my customers? So a lot of women that wanted the glue in styles, I said, it's not a permanent hairstyle. Like you can get it for an event, but you can't get this every day because it will make your hair go bald. And long story short, the women that are in my age that kept getting glue-ins, they don't have a healthy head of hair. So those are the things that I was like, no, I'm not bleaching your hair up because your hair can't take it. Like you just have to be honest with people. You can go down the street and she would love to take your money and do the style. But two years from now, five years from now, you're going to have a thinner strands of hair because you're damaging the follicles. And so I didn't really run for money. I really said, just educate your clients because they'll come back. They appreciate you telling them that that's not a good style. And you can get it done somewhere else. They, they would love to do it. But then they'll say, you know what, Ian, I, you're right. My hair is falling out. I need to come back and get a treatment and get it together. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about your product and, yeah. and, like, and the foundation. There's a shampoo, there's conditioner. But what, what, what thoughts went into creating this product for women? And it's called oh. HDJ. No, actually, it's, it's Integrity Hair Care System. My- in, in heg- integrity? Integrity Hair Care System, yeah. Okay. So it's a moisturizer, shampoo, conditioner, mousse, shine, and of course the all-natural hair loss drops as well as the natural oil. Um, what made me create it is so many products have a lot of fillers, and it really get either static clean or too much residue and buildup. So I'm working on a clarifying because most of us that gets degrees that the oil scalp or really bad dent. My main objective now is to. I'm sorry. Hello. Yeah, we lost you for a second. So if you could go back to you were talking about the scalp that they have to, yeah. they have buildup and and dandruff. Right. So because people have those type of issues like psoriasis, they tend to over grease the scalp. So now I'm working on a cleansing, clarifying shampoo to get rid of all the buildup. And even some of my clients that wear natural locks and twists, they tend to have more uh, cream in their hair, so it's a lot heavier. So it's important to cleanse the scalp and then moisturize it. So those are the systems that I'm working on. I have the moisturizer, shampoo, the conditioner, the mousse, the shine, the all-natural hair loss oil, and then the natural oil for just your everyday maintenance. Okay. And so what was the process for that? Like, did you have to research a chemist? Did you, like, how did you come across the team to be able to put this together for you? Yeah, so it has been a process. I would say I went to, uh, what is it, black label, white label. I've been in New York a few times. I've used different products that say they had certain ingredients in it. And when I went to sample five of them so far, they wasn't um, the quality that I was looking for. So that has been a challenge. Right now, I'm working with a gentleman. He's actually out of the country um, but we created the product with all the ingredients that I want. And I have small samples. And then also you can purchase some like online. But I haven't did the full big launch yet because I need to have them in 10 salons as well as in the store. So that's my main objective now. Like really the foundation has to be strong. The labeling, we're putting all the right things on the coating and things of that nature. The, the oil drops have all of that. But now it's time for me to expand the line and make sure the clarifying and the whole caboodle is 
tight, <laughs> for lack of better words. Absolutely, absolutely. Are you looking forward to doing, or are you planning to doing more like teaching and seminars? I mean, you have a ton of knowledge on hair care and even what it takes to, de to develop a product, what it takes to run a business. Uh, are you interested in teaching more? Yes, I, you know, I think, I, yeah, I, I love to talk, <laughs> as you can tell. <laughs> I'm a little bit silly, but when it comes to business and when it comes to knowledge, I definitely enjoy getting in front of people and teaching them. You know, I used to teach cosmetology and some of the ladies are um, actually some of my stylists that's on our team. Um, they graduated from Bach. Um, so I enjoy educating people on the importance of hair care, men and women. I think a lot of men are getting into color. So they wanted me to do a color class for men. I'm like, that's different. <laughs> but Because <laughs> everybody's doing this right now. I'm like, okay, you look like Santa. But, yeah, I think it's important to educate because the knowledge you know, the more equipped you are to your customers. And they shouldn't be looking on YouTube to get the answers. So, yes, I would love to teach more and educate and do, you know, platform. I used to be a platform stylist. Um, that's the glamorous side of the hair industry when you see people on stage cutting and styling. But um, I think the knowledge is really where we could strengthen our industry and not and teach our young ladies and men not to bootleg our profession because I'm really big on speaking about that because we are licensed by the state. You are dealing with the scalp and the scalp is very connected to the brain. And, and I think if we could drive that home to people to understand that if they're not licensed or certified, they could really damage your papilla. They can really mess up your nervous system. And even when you shampoo it, you'll see that it's a technique that you use to kind of stimulate the scalp and soothe the nerves and, and relax the client. But if you don't know how to do that properly, you can actually cause more stress on that client versus relaxing them. Wow. So some of that is news to me. I mean, as you're saying it, it makes, it makes perfect sense. Are people who, you know, who may have a strong, you know, social media following or may feel that they're doing really well in business. Are they receptive to hearing some of the messages that you. I think so. I think that, you know, when you're a trendsetter, then you become what other people want to do. Especially right. successful for them. So Nowadays, everything is virtual. Everything is in your face. And I'm more of a stay behind the scenes. But now you got to be out. Like, you got to speak about everything. Like, the podcast, the videos, the education, the training. Like, people want to see what you're doing. Right, right, right. So, so what is, is you've got a lot on your plate right now. Have you <laughs> thought about what you want to do in the next five, ten years or so? Yeah, I definitely want a school to educate the next generation. I definitely want the products to like be- Like a brick and mortar school or an online school or maybe both. a combination of both? Okay. Both. Yeah, definitely both. But for me right now, I think when you educate this, the stylist, they now use the product. And my mentor is Mr. Dudley, and that was his method. And I mm. think that Madam C.J. Walker did the same thing. So that method works when it comes to making sure that they stay professional. Because if you don't teach them while they're learning- they pick up bad habits. Like right now I'm trying to teach this young lady and she was putting a flat iron between her legs. I'm like, would somebody want the flat iron being touched by you? <laughs> but I'm, you know, I said it very nicely. Like, how do you break? <laughs> I said, for each time you put the flat iron between your legs, you're going to put a dollar in a jar, you know? So <laughs> it's just the basics, like stop it, you know? So anyway, I, th I definitely think the products is really important because that's, what's going to give us a healthier um, market space for education. Um, I think product knowledge, because we're big consumers. So whether you're coming to the salon or not, you're in and out of every aisle shopping. So why not support an African-American woman who knows the industry, 
who is really doing what she needs to do to take our businesses to the next level. Absolutely. And I hope our listeners are going to be interested in supporting you because I want to. So to please tell us where we can find you. Yes. So do you need the salon? We want everything. We want the salon. We want your social media. We want everything. Your house number. We want it all. Okay. (laughs) Not your house number. (laughs) Okay. Okay. The number you can contact me at here. Okay. 215-877-3101. You can check out the website. It's hdjsalon.com. That's hdjsalon.com. You can check out Hair Du Jour on Instagram and Turner on Facebook and Hair Du Jour on Facebook. And then on LinkedIn, it's Ann Turner and Twitter, Ann Turner. Okay, very good. And the product line is Integrity. Integrity Hair Care System. I do have the website. Integrity Hair Care System. So it's IntegrityHairCareSystem.com. So you can check out all the products on there. So they asked me to do two separate. One is the hair salon. One is the hair care. So each one is. (laughs) So we can, if we wanted to buy product, we could buy it on on your the salon um, website, yeah, but we could also it go both. to its own. Okay. Yeah, you can't do it on both, but the main objective is for people to go to the Integrity Hair Care System site to purchase the products, but they can also purchase it on hairdujoursalon.com. You know, does okay. that make Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, please stay in touch and yeah. keep us up to date with everything that you're doing. Um, I love your energy. I love the, I haven't been to the salon, but I love to look at the salon and the product line looks amazing. And so I wish you nothing but success and hopefully you'll get a lot of support even from our listeners. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Miss Sonia. And to all of you listening, thank you for listening and we will see you again next week. Take care. The Business First Podcast is hosted and produced by Sonia Lee. Associate Producer, Ariel Mancibo. Executive Producer, Ken Johnson. Find the Business First Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And on social at business underscore first underscore podcast on IG. The Business First Podcast is a mean old line media production. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 